Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Watch Therefore. This is Ray Jensen. Pastor of Calvary Chapel Pearland. Today I'm stepping in for Dove Schwartz and uh, wanted to talk with you about Exodus 28 today. Uh, Exodus 28 talks about the garments of the priest and we are glad to have you with us today on Watch Therefore Radio as we prepare for the return of Messiah Jesus. I'm so glad to have you with us. We are looking for the return of our Messiah and you know Exodus 28 gives us a lot in how we can do that and with the study of the garments of the priest. Well, how so? Well, follow with me and let's see what it says. I want to show you in Exodus 28 and in verse 2, it says, And you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. And so the priests, they officiated in the ministry of the tabernacle and the clothing for the high priest. You know, the the clothing for the high priest was very different from the common clothing that everybody else wore. And this was to distinguish and elevate the office of the priest so that he would be easy to notice among other people. It's kind of like police officers in uniform. You've seen them. And when you see a police officer in uniform, you automatically know what his job is, what he does. And you also know the authority that has been put into that person as a police officer. Well, it was kind of like that at the time of the with the high priest. The garments exemplified, it showed that he was the priest and he had the authority of the priest that came with it. And so also it says these garments were worn when the priests worked in the tabernacle. Exodus 35 and 19 says, the garments of ministry for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister as priests. And so they they wore these in the holy place of the tabernacle. And uh, I like how it said in verse 3, as I read, he, he said in, in making these garments, he said, Speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments. You know, I like how God can take gifted people, as it says, and fill them with the spirit of wisdom. Have you ever thought about God doing that for you, to fill you with the spirit of wisdom? You know, He can give you wisdom for you to put together with your skills. Now, when I saw that in verse 3, it helped me to realize that it's not enough just to have skills alone. But what if God gave you wisdom to go along with your skills? Then imagine what you could do. Like he said, gifted artisans who I have filled with with wisdom to make these garments means he wanted them made well. These priestly garments were to be made very well. Let me ask you, what do you do? What's your job? What things do you do in life? Do you do them well? And also, do you do them well to glorify God? I like how 
Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Many of you probably know this one. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. So, you may be asking, but how can I acknowledge God in all my ways? Well, what are your ways? You might be thinking to yourself, I don't know how I can acknowledge God with the job that I have. Well, first ask Him. Pray about it. I believe God can give you wisdom to go along with your skills. Whatever it is you do, maybe you're a carpenter, maybe you're, uh, like I said, a police officer, maybe you are uh, a receptionist, janitor, whatever it is you do, those are skills. Those are skills that can be used somehow, some way, to glorify God, to represent Jesus Christ. And, you know, by doing this, by putting the wisdom that God gave you with the skills that you have, you will look different from other people. And guess what that sounds like? It sounds like the priests who looked different from other people because they were wearing an ephod. It was called an ephod. It was a garment. And you'll look different because as a representative of Jesus, you're not going to look like everybody else. And, you know, the priests, they wore these garments. They wore an ephod. They wore a breastplate. They they wore uh, a, a uh, uh, these things that, that were made specifically for them to recognize them in, in, with the authority they had as priests. But, you know, I don't wear an ephod. But as I use the skills that God has given me with the wisdom He has put to me, I am wearing the garments that God has given me. He has garments to give you. Did you know that? Ephesians 6 and 14 says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's your garments. Those are your priestly garments. Isn't that fascinating? Now, what fascinates me also about the priesthood is that their job was to do sacrifice work in the temple. Priests do sacrifice work. That's their job. And you know what? If we've been chosen by God, what is our job? We have been chosen as a holy priesthood. And what do we do? To offer up sacrifices. But what kind of sacrifices? You see, we don't do the animal sacrifices anymore like the priests of the Old Testament did. Jesus came and was our ultimate sacrifice to cover and atone for our sin. So, since Jesus did that ultimate sacrifice, what do we do now? We as believers, as priests doing the work of sacrifice through Jesus, here's some of what we do. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, Therefore by Him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. You know, when you go into your church and you have the, the music praise at the beginning and everyone sings together, did you know that you are offering a sacrifice as a priest? You are doing your priestly work giving sacrifices, preparing and, and lifting up sacrifices to God. That's what you're doing. Romans 12.1 I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You see, there's your service. That's what we do. We give sacrifices. We offer sacrifices up to God because we are priests. We are being built up as living stones, as a royal priesthood to God. And you know, just like how the priest had an appearance that set him apart with honor, you know, you look at the priest, nobody dresses like that, nobody looks like that, they look different. That set them apart. You know what holy means? Holy means set apart. And you know, we are holy. And just like the priest, it was a tremendous honor to be a priest. You as a believer in Jesus Christ, you should take it as a tremendous honor that he puts you as a priest now, as a believer in Jesus Christ. It is a tremendous honor. And so, do you walk with a sense of honor about yourself that this is what you now do as a believer in Jesus Christ? This is an honor. You know, it's not enough just to say, well, I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus, and then go around not looking any different from anybody else, doing the same old things. This is a tremendous honor. And we should take it very seriously. We need to do our reasonable service, the Scripture says. And we offer up those sacrifices. And you know, also, I look and I see here that the priest, he wore a breastplate. It talks about it in Exodus 28:15 to 21. It says, you shall make the breastplate of judgment. And again, it's artistically woven. And it's a, it's, it was about a 9-inch by 9-inch square um, uh, breastplate that went over the chest of the priest and it had the stones in it that represented the uh, the the sons of Israel and so the picture in that is that there is a passage here in Revelation 21 19 all the different stones it talks about the foundations of the wall of the city New Jerusalem here, were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. And then it goes on to list the 12 stones of New Jerusalem in heaven. And so that's kind of a heavenly picture here. And so 1 Peter 2.5, I referred to this earlier, you also as living stones, oh there it is, stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. See there we are, we're the priest, built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, we are living stones and our high priest is Jesus Christ. And so where did he wear the breastplate? He wore it over his heart. Jesus has you over his heart. Jesus has you on his heart. You know, he was thinking of you when he died on the cross for you. You're on his heart. We stones today, you are on his heart. That's amazing. I'm so glad to see that. I want to take a quick break to talk about Calvary Chapel Pearland. That uh, we'd love to see you. We meet Sundays at six o'clock in Pearland. Uh, if you go to CalvaryChapelPearland.com, CalvaryChapelPearland.com, you will see all the information you need to know there about. Calvary Chapel Pearland. We'd love to have you. I'd love to see you. Please come in and say hello. And so back to now the uh, the garments of the priest. If you remember, I said it was called the breastplate of judgment. 
Why is it called the breastplate of judgment? Well, in Exodus 28, it talks about there's like a little pocket behind the breastplate that's folded over it, made a pocket. And there were two stones that were put in there. And I believe they were called the Urim and the Thummim. Maybe it's pronounced the Urim and Thummim. And the Urim and the Thummim are very mysterious stones in the Bible. There's not a whole lot written about it, but what these were used for in those times, they were used for decision-making. When there was a decision that was too far ahead of man to be able to determine what, what, how do I make this decision, they would inquire of the Lord by going to the Urim and Thummim, or if it's Urim and Thummim, forgive me, I'm, I'm as Texan as it gets. I'm, I'm a redneck pastor, so my pronunciation may not be right. But anyway, I think you're getting the point. Well, these two stones were there in the breastplate. And in Numbers 27, verse 21, it says, He shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of the Urim. And there's that stone there. So there's a biblical example of the priest using the Urim and the Thummim to make a judgment or a decision by God. I want to show you in 1 Samuel 30, verse 7 through 8. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. There's that priestly garment. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he, said, and he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So we see that David used the Urim and the Thummim to ask God a question on what to do, because it was beyond his own ability to determine this decision. So he said, bring the ephod to me. It was the priestly garment. Behind the breastplate were those two stones that they went before the Lord to make a decision with. How those stones worked, I don't know. Were they two different colors? Did they? Some people have suggested they threw them like dice. I don't know. We don't know. We just know that they were used to determine a decision. And I want to show you in Ezra 263. It says, and the government and the governor said to them that they should not eat of the most holy things until a priest could consult with the Urim and the Thummim. There it is again, First Samuel twenty-eight and six. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. So Saul, he always got kind of crossways with the Lord many times, and God stopped talking, and. He couldn't even get an answer through the two stones there. And that was what the priest carried along with him. And so here was something I read in 1 Samuel 14, 19 that really threw me until I understood these two stones. And it says, 1 Samuel 14, 19, Now it happened while Saul talked to the priest that the noise which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. What was going on in this picture was there were two guys that decided to go take on the Philistines and they started to fight them. Saul gets up, what's going on? I hear a noise and he was, it says here as we read, he was talking to the priest, but when he heard the noise, he told the priest, withdraw your hand. What just happened here? Apparently Saul wanted to inquire of the Lord whether they should go in to attack along with whoever was already fighting. And he told the priest, withdraw your hand as he heard the noise, apparently Saul determined, yeah, let's go in there and do it. You don't need to inquire with the stones anymore. So they called the priest, inquire with the stones, and Saul said, withdraw your hand. We're going to go do it. 
So there's a lot in understanding the Urim and the Thummim, uh, the Thummim, and there's a lot that went along with this, and that the priest carried it behind the breastplate, and so that's why it was called the breastplate of judgment, not judgment in regards to condemnation judgment, but judgment as to determine a decision. What kind of judgment should I make on this this decision here, and. The, so we see that the priestly garments were designed in such a way to consult with the Lord. And people knew that this priest looked different. He stood out. We know that we can go to him and he knows how to consult with the Lord. Let me ask you, do you present that to people? If you're a priest today, we may not carry an umen and a thuman. But we can consult with the Lord on things and ask Him through Jesus Christ and through the study of His Word and through prayer. Lord, what should I do about this situation? Have you ever had people come to you and ask you for advice and you gave them your opinion? Instead of your opinion, shouldn't maybe as a believer, shouldn't you pray with them, consult the Word of God, see what the Word of God says about it, and see what you should do? You know, I try to do that the best that I can that when people come to me, I don't just knee-jerk react with my opinion. I consult the Lord. And what does the Lord have to say about it? What's written in His Word? We are priests. We offer sacrifices to God. We look different. That means people are going to come to you. They're going to recognize something about you, and they may ask you, take your skills and use the wisdom that God gives you to put with your skills to help people with a decision, consult the Lord. And what does the Lord say about it? That's fascinating stuff. You know, and it really, when you think about it, it puts a tremendous amount of responsibility on us as believers in Jesus Christ, what God has uh, put for us to do while we're here. I think about it all the time. And so, also, with the priests, we see in Exodus 28 and verse 36... It says this, it says, You shall make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it like the engraving of a signet, holiness to the Lord. And you shall put it on a blue cord that it may be on the turban. It shall be on the front of the turban. So it shall be on Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel hallow and all their holy gifts, and it shall always be on his forehead that they may be acceptable before the Lord. You know, the turban, it had a plate of gold on it. It was on the forehead. It said, Holiness to the Lord. Holiness to the Lord. You know, this is an expression of Israel's needs for purity before God. And it says that the uh, as a representative of the people, Aaron bore their guilt before the Lord. This was this reminder of consecration. It was placed so conspicuously on the outfit. It symbolized the importance of pr- approaching the Lord God in holiness. You know, I think about this gold band, like you have a gold thing on your head. It says, holiness to the Lord. If a priest is walking with that gold thing on his forehead, what do we call it today? That's called bling, brother. That's called bling. It is showing up. And I just want to ask you, when people look at you, do they see you like bling? Something's shining on that guy. I like it. It's attractive. 
And when they look at you, do they see holiness to the Lord? Holiness to the Lord. Set apart. That means you don't do like everybody else. You don't do like the world does. You're set apart because you're His. You belong to the Lord Jesus. Holiness to the Lord. When people look at you, do they see that? You know, we are the priests now. We have a tremendous responsibility that we have to do. We have to live by holiness, set apart for God. So I just want to say to you today, wear your priestly garments with honor, with the honor that has been given to you with this position. That's what we are to do. Wear it with honor. Don't just say, I'm a Christian and be just so hum about it. Wear it with honor as you perform your priestly duties to the Lord, offering up sacrifices to your God. It is a privilege and it is your responsibility. Holiness to the Lord. Wear it and let no one miss it when they see you. It is a great honor from God. And I just want to remind you, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Are you wearing your priestly garments? Do you look different? Or are you trying to look like everybody else? As a believer in Jesus, we're charged with the responsibility of wearing these garments to be set apart, holy, different, offer up our sacrifices of praise, and to live as a, as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. You know, when they went into the tabernacle, the first thing there was the brazen altar. You don't walk around the brazen altar and then proceed to the presence of God. You first have to give a sin offering. So let me ask you, have you given a sin offering unto the Lord? Remember, we're the sinners here. Why would He even let us be priests? I'm just thankful He does. Wear it unto the Lord. And remember, you can come see us at Calvary Chapel Pearland at calvarychapelpearland.com. I'll be glad to see you. Father God, we thank you for this time today. Lord God, help us know how to live as priests in your service and do the things you would have us do. Lord God, I pray that someone here listen today and realize their responsibility as a priest. And Lord, for those who have not, may they come to declare your Son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and be saved. Thank you so much for listening on Watch Therefore. We'll look forward to hearing from you and you hearing from me next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. And please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail, watchtherefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.